This year alone, we've grown uh, 10% month over month. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Ryan Brown. He's the brain behind Rent Ready's software. He's the company's CEO and co founder. Before launching Rent Ready, he worked at Goldman Sachs and Price Waterhouse. Coopers. He enjoys speaking about entrepreneurship and why he built Rent Ready to improve the renting experience. Again, property management software for landlords. Ryan, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. You're way cooler now that you're doing your own thing versus an accountant at PwC, right? Your cool factor went through the roof. Trying to work on it every day, a little bit, you know, just a little bit. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So, what's Rent Ready? How are you helping property owners? So, the, the real issue that we saw was a lot of people um, are working you know, nine to five jobs and they happen to own some property on the side. The majority of landlords are like that. They're not these massive property management companies. Um, And right now they're kind of pegged with two difficult and not so great decisions, either hire a property manager where they have all the time in the world, but they lose, you know, eight to 10% of their profit or manage it all themselves. And they pull their hairs out at night. And so we kind of sit in the middle of that where they get to manage it themselves, but at the same time, um, they don't have to. Uh, they don't have to pull their hair out trying to do that. So we provide them with software that really goes end to end in the process and helps them manage their properties themselves without any of the pain. And what will they be be paying you on average per month to use the technology? Believe it or not, they only pay nine dollars a month on average, and that's okay. total not per unit. Um, so uh, it's it's a pretty unusual uh, business model that we've set up, uh, but it has worked really nicely for a lot of landlords. Uh, that do want to manage their property, have a bit of a uh, premium service, but not necessarily pay premium price of, um, you know, feel like they're being taxed on their growth. Yeah, that's great. I want to get the backstory and the story behind your first customer, but where are you today? I want to bury the lead. How many customers are you working with? So, you know, we don't uh, share the the customer number itself, but I can, I can share. We have landlords actively managing in all 50 states. Um, and we've 3X that number actually this year, just in the last, the, uh, year to date so far. So can you give me a sort of range? Are we talking like five or like 500 or like 5,000? Um, above the third option. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go to there. Okay. Got it. So you have above five, you have above 5,000 landlords already on the platform. Yes. Okay. Take me back to the backstory here. When did you launch? Um, so really back in 2016. And, uh, as you mentioned, I mean, I was, I was going to school in New York city at pace. I had gotten that, uh, my first internship at Goldman actually, which is right across the street from pace. And it really all started when I went to try to get my first apartment myself, not as a landlord, but as a tenant and realized that it was incredibly difficult to rent an apartment. Um, actually going through the application process was quite difficult. And I had just gone through an application process as a student, which was not that difficult, which was the, the common app process. I filled out an application once, I applied everywhere I wanted. It was pretty nice and easy. It, it struck me as shocking that the uh, rental industry wasn't the, the same way. And so initially version one was just building an app myself for myself and friends. And I, I had done our initial development. Um, so you had real estate personally that you wanted to use your app to manage? 
Exactly. So I, yeah. I was really just building it from the tenant perspective. And it wasn't until I started bringing that to landlords that they said, hey, wait a minute, you know, our side's just as bad, if not worse. And in fact, yeah, kind of so sorry, just, just to be clear, you didn't, you didn't have real estate that you want to use your tool to manage with. You were, you were coming from the other side and then built into landlords. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, totally so, so first was the first customer then your landlord? You know, it actually wasn't. Um, the, the first customer uh, in the early days were actually landlords that were uh, trying to collect applications on apartments. And so in the very early days, it was really just by um, going to different association meetings, meeting with some of these landlords and getting them to adopt the platform. Uh, when you build the software yourself, it takes you longer than you would hope in the early days. So there was quite a while of, um, you know, building up the software in the early days before. It so actually. Ryan, are you sole founder or do you have a co-founder? I do have a co-founder. Got um, it. Yes. Did you guys just decide early on? I mean, obviously the equity split at the beginning is a challenge everybody goes through. Did you guys just say, screw it, we'll do 50-50? So the way we did, well, the easy thing for us is we're actually father and son. Um, and uh, the really nice. nice thing was his skill set, I mean, perfectly complements. Um, I assume you're class. the son. You're the son. I am the correct? son. Okay. Yes. No, it's not me and like a seven-year-old running. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, his whole background, sales and marketing, mine is uh, really more so focused on the technology side and, and customer support side of things. And so um, it, it just works perfectly that... We well, so what did you do? 50-50 or does dad own more? Oh, I, I mean, we, we, we don't share the equity split, but I mean, we, we, do, um, we do have a pretty, uh, pretty even split on it. Well, no, I mean, I want to know more here because this is a debate every founder goes through. So are you saying, dad, listen, engineering here is more important than sales. Therefore, I deserve more. Or is he saying, listen, son, I have more experience. Sales and marketing is critical. You could build a beautiful thing, but nobody knows about it. I, I deserve more. I, I mean, I think it depends on your situation. But I mean, uh, in a lot of cases, I do lean more towards the side of saying it's easier to just split it with uh, your founders, unless you have someone that's coming in later or, or uh, something like that. But um I tend to lean more towards the side of saying it's um, it's easier to not argue about. And honestly, I feel the same way about uh, the investment side of things. I mean, when when companies go to raise that money later on, um, I, I think there's there's arguments over. There are big market movers where it does matter to to um, to talk about how it will impact your business in in five years or ten years or in in the case of funding rounds, three rounds down down the line. But um, I think the same applies with founders, especially if you're going to be in a venture business, you're going to dilute yourself as you raise future rounds. Um, you do want everyone to be invested. Uh, it's not good if you don't have a founder feeling. So like Ryan, did you guys, have you guys bootstrapped this or if you raised capital? So we actually bootstrapped for the first two years of it. Um, in the very early days, it was just me doing all of our development uh, and mainly doing our sales. And, and the two of us, honestly, handling all of the chats that would come in. Um, we were, anytime you messaged in on rent writing those first couple of years, it was literally us on our phone or computer messaging back. Um, in 2019, we raised our first venture round. And that was really when we brought on the, the core team to rent ready. We grew to about eight as a team. And then uh, we raised a, a venture round uh, earlier this year. So we've raised about $5 million to date. And what was the pre-seed uh, in 2019? How much? Uh, we raised 1.4 million. One, four. Okay. Interesting. And then, so what, so you raised three, three, six this year. Right. Well, looking back, I mean, obviously you guys took dilution to do that. Most people are selling 10 to 20% of their business in these sort of early rounds. Do you regret that at all? No, not at all. I mean, especially from the perspective of we've looked at it, uh, not just from the capital perspective, but what also do those investors bring in each round? So 
Um, for example, uh, TI Ventures um, was, was the lead for that very first round. One of the things that we have been focused on since day one has been how do we take customer feedback and convert that very quickly into action that we can change in our business. And a lot of their model in even doing their diligence on us, but what it went beyond that in doing was saying, uh, how do you learn from those customers? And that was something that we've been able to implement with them post-raise. Um, like they've helped talking to our own sales reps or talking to our own marketing team or uh, support team and understanding how do we actually synthesize that feedback, turn it into action, create a better product in, in, in the end result. So, I mean, from one side of things, Rent Ready would certainly not be what it is today without that funding, um, but also beyond just the capital itself. Um, there's a lot of knowledge that that comes along with those investors. Hopefully, if you do it right, which I, which I feel like we've been very lucky, but lucky to have so far. And then Ryan, obviously, the market's a big one. You're north of five thousand customers today. Do you think you can break ten thousand by the end of this year, or is that going to take into 2022? Uh, I mean, we are on track to hit all the goals that we we want to by the uh, start of Q1 or or end of Q1. We we actually plan on raising our our A in just a few months in in Q1. Um, so the, the nice thing is we're, we're right on track for where we want to be. Well, no, I don't know what your goals are. So my, my question specifically is just around the market size and how fast you can add customers. Can you break 10,000 landlords in next year or can you do it this year? You think, uh, I mean, I, I'd rather not speak directly to the, the customer amount itself. Um, it's just not really a number that we share uh, publicly, but, um, in terms of the, the growth or understanding that side of things, I can say, I mean, we grow this, this year alone, we've grown uh, 10% month over month. Um, so I, I, certainly in terms of how fast we can grow, uh, I've talked to a number of even founders in the, the prop tech space and, um, the space itself is, is really exploding. Um, but even within the space, from what I've been hearing from founders, uh, we've, we've had a healthy growth rate, even above the, the average in, in the prop tech space. Got it. Sorry. What I'm trying to understand is how big you think the market is, right? So I, I'm actually I'm a little confused why I don't want to talk about like, do you think you can break ten thousand this year or next? Oh, but like, I mean, in, in terms of how large the the landlord market itself is, uh, there's about twenty million landlords in the U.S. About sixteen million of those are our segment. They're the smaller landlord segment. Um, the Appolios and Yardies of the world have primarily focused on uh, massive property management companies, and they've done it well. Um, so small landlord managed by what? Box. Number of square footage managed, number of beds managed, number of units. What is defined small? So in our case, I normally say one to a hundred units. We have some people that break that and say, I don't care if I'm over what you've designed it for on more than a hundred units. Um, but in our case, it can be as little as one single family home that you own to around a hundred units. Um, and a lot of it comes down to, I would say more so the mindset of the person. So there's a, a very large difference between someone that says, I'm running a property management business where I've hired a number of employees, they are working under me. And someone that says, I have my, my, my day job that I'm working on. I have this real estate business that it allows me the freedom to either put a kid through college or retire earlier, go on a couple extra vacations. And I'm trying to figure out a way that I can manage this myself simply and easily without necessarily needing to hand it over to one of those management companies or... Uh, go gray, trying to do it all. Got it. How are you adding new customers each month? What's sort of your go-to-market strategy? So for us, it really has been, um, uh, uh, again, totally opposite from the enterprise side, which is uh, normally booking uh, demos and doing a demo with that person and helping them onboard. Ours has been totally product-led growth in terms of uh, going out and yes, marketing it so that landlords find out about RenReady. But, but, but how? That's what, I'm, that's what I'm asking. How do they find out about you? So a lot of it is through paid marketing. So we'll we'll do ads on different channels. Um, they'll find Rent Ready, 
And they actually, from that point, will self-onboard onto the platform and, and uh, set up their property. Certainly, they have us anytime they need. We have live chat on the site, um, but they don't have to uh, interact with a person unless they want to. This is the biggest waste of time. You can probably guess it. As a scaling SaaS founder, when you're onboarding new team members, they need things like their email set up, or to get onboarded to Trello, or to get access to the Salesforce account or the Slack account. This stuff takes forever. It's useless stuff that a SaaS founder has no business wasting their precious time on, which is why electric.ai is growing so fast. Firms like Sendoso, they just raised 100 million bucks, past 30 million bucks in revenue. They rely on Electric to onboard 10, 20, 30 new team members every you know month, two months, three months, four months. It's the fastest way to scale your team and not worry about onboarding new employees. We've teamed up with Electric because we want to make your lives easier as SaaS founders. That's the name of the game. Check them out now at nathanlatka.com forward slash electric. That's nathanlatka.com forward slash electric. Now for a limited time and for very few of you guys to so do it right now, you have a chance to win Beats Studio Buds when you sign up. So check it out right now at nathanlacka.com forward slash electric. I mean, it sounds like you probably have a good understanding. I see you've probably advertised on bigger pockets and some of these sites that a lot of my listeners listen to as well. Um, what does it cost you or, or maybe what are you willing to pay to get a new $9 a month landlord? Oh, uh, I mean, I think it depends on the channel. I think in the early days when you're, when you're testing out different channels, um, going back to <laughs> beginning of last year, uh, we we're you know spending upwards of a thousand dollars a customer to to add um, to get it to but, get a nine dollar a month customer. Yep. It, okay. And as that year went on, I mean, we were able to drop that customer acquisition cost to you know eighty percent of that. Um, what are some of the changes you made? Like you run a first out on bigger pockets, and it's way too expensive. It won't work at scale. But you make some tweaks and drop it down, and you save eighty percent on the thousand. Like what were some of the tweaks you made to optimize a channel once you enter it? Um, countless. So, I mean, not just, uh, not just tweaks about, uh, like the messaging you're using, uh, or even the part of the product that you're talking about when you're talking about an end to end suite with rent ready, it's, it does matter when you say, okay, are we going to talk about payments? Are we going to talk about uh, maintenance coordination, accounting, listings, screenings? Um, so there is, yes, those choices, but really some of the surprising things too um, come from even things as simple as like, does it matter if you have a person in the photo or not? Does it matter if you have a house in the photo or not? Does it matter what type of colors you use? Um, so all of those, we actually went through about 1200 different ad creatives over the course of last year. How did you um, do that? Did you use a firm or some tool to do that? We did it both ways. So we actually tried with a firm uh, uh, early on. And then we Which actually- Which firm? Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's actually escaping me at the moment. I okay. What tool did you use instead to try? So we actually did it all in house. So, uh, Kelly, who's our, our head of growth, um, has run ad operations at a, a number of companies, um, that have actually exited to AOL and, and Apple. She launched 1200 ads herself. Uh, so, yes. So we, we actually did launch a, we launched a number of those ads with that company in the early days. We launched a, a good portion of those ads on our own. Yes. So like she's putting together 1200 images, 1200 headlines, 1200 descriptions, 1200, like everything, or, or she's putting together five units of each of those and multiplying them all together in a bunch of different combinations. More so the second one you're talking yeah. about. It's, it's understanding yeah. what categories of those. And that's really how, I mean, when you look at it from a, the perspective of um, testing uh, what actually matters, if you have six or seven different elements uh, that are different in the same photo, you really don't understand what is actually the, the negative impact 
or the mm-hmm. positive impact related to that ad. You kind of need one small change in that ad and then test if that works or not. Ryan, last question before we wrap up here. You founded in 2016. You've been cranking on this for a couple of years now. Do you remember the first year you guys passed 100,000 bucks in revenue and what you and your dad sort of felt like? Um, you know, I, I, I actually don't know that I would equate it to a year, but I do remember uh, when we passed that 100th customer. And that one is a very fond memory to me. What um, year was that? Was that the first year or second year or, or further? Uh, it's actually further. So we okay. spent probably the first year and a half just in development. Um, we had, I mean, a small number of landlords on the platform. Um, but I, I remember we had passed our uh, our hundredth customer back in twenty early twenty nineteen. Um, and uh, he and I actually happened to be together. A lot of the time, we, we aren't necessarily in the same place. Uh, we happened to be together that day, which was pretty exciting to kind of be next to each other, cheersing to that. It's it's funny to say, um, to look back at that now and think we're um, as excited as we were about 100 as, you know, the scale changes, you have to uh, readjust what you, uh, how you feel for each 100. But um, it, it really was a super, super um you know, personal exciting moment for us to a hundred landlords back there, and you know, early twenty nineteen at nine bucks a pop. There, you know, thousand bucks a month in revenue. Is that the traction that you're able to take into that pre-seed around to attract the one point four million? Yeah, I mean, that was a huge part of it. But to be honest, even more so than the scale was the reviews of the customers that were on the platform. And I think mm-hmm. that is um, certainly the number side of things is is, is phenomenal. And <laughs> to, to me, I'm I. Uh, Major to math. I love the number side of things. The the part that I think was really the difference maker for that round was once investors started to talk to some of our landlords and hear not just I like this, but if you removed this from me, I would be really pissed off at you. I think there's a huge difference between just I enjoy having this in my life and this would be incredibly detrimental if this disappeared. Um, mm-hmm. And that was really the big difference maker was. Um, how emphatic they were about the product they were using. And then look, uh, you're north of 5,000 customers say at a $9 price point. So we can say more than $45,000 in MRR, but like, what will it take to get up you up to like 5 million in ARR or 10 million in AR? Like, are you too cheap? No, not at all. Um, I, I mean, we have, <laughs> when you look at our market of 16 million landlords, um, 5 million or 10 million is, is only a, a drop in the bucket compared to what you talk about when you look at the, the TAM or the total addressable market. Um, related to our landlords. And in addition to that, the way that RentReady generates revenue isn't only from that landlord subscription. Um, So we do offer a number of services that landlords have the option to add on and we generate revenue from the- Do you take a percent of fees? Do you take like two, 3% on rents paid through the platform? No, no, we don't. Um, So so what are some of those other models? So uh, like on the payment processing side of things, we do allow tenants and landlords the ability to um, process payments through the platform. If a landlord wants to incur that so the tenant has no charge at all, they can. Uh, but if they'd like the tenant to, essentially when the tenant pays a dollar for ACH, we make some of that off of that dollar. And that's the same thing we've been able to apply to a lot of other things on the platform as well, where we've been able to go to large companies, TransUnion included, and say, hey, discount our landlords for tenant screenings. They'd maybe pay $40 coming to you, they'll pay $35 on rent ready, but give us and larger discount on that. And we will make money on the spread because you're treating the thousands and thousands and thousands of landlords and tenants on rent ready as one massive portfolio instead of just an individual landlord um, that has to bargain on their own behalf. And so we've been able to apply that to payments, tenant screening, maintenance coordination, even automating accounting, um, reporting tenants' rent to credit bureaus so that they can boost their credit and even renters' insurance. 
So in all of those categories, we've been able to take that mindset, that collective bargaining power of all of the landlords on the platform, and basically get better deals for them or their tenants uh, for each of those situations. What's team size today? How many folks? Sorry? How many team on the team today? We're about 20 on the team today, which is wild. You know, about 24 months ago is uh, two of us. So um, it's it's been a great ride. And then wrap us up here. You said you're thinking about a Series A. How much do you think you'll go try and raise and why do you need the capital? So we're looking to raise about 15 million. Um, uh, there's, there've been some pushes to, to raise a little more, but I, I think honestly, it's about all we need. Um, and really the, the purpose of that will be just scaling up what we have already and integrating some services that will uh, further help landlords. For example, the accounting side of things was one that they had asked for a lot. We actually added that in Q3. Um, where we've completely automated the landlord accounting side of things or very much automated that side of things so that that's just streamlined. Um, but it goes far beyond even just the maintenance coordination and accounting, um, taking it truly to the, um, as far as we possibly can in terms of uh, integrating additional services that ultimately solve pain points that tenants and landlords have mm-hmm. bring to us. And to pull in 15 million without you and your dad getting extremely diluted and any employees that gave early equity to, I mean, you need to go figure out how to tell a story where it's, you know, a 95 million, $100 million sort of pre-money valuation. When I look at, you know, 20 people on the team size today and you assume average revenue per employee of 120 grand, so maybe like a two or 3 million run rate today. I mean, you basically have to go tell a story of like a 25 to 35 X multiple. What do you think gets you there? What do you think enables you to tell that story? Uh, I, I mean, a huge portion of it is the fact that we do serve as a beachhead into a lot of other industries. And so in the early days, it was us going to someone like TransUnion and saying, hey, discount us uh, for bringing you this massive group of landlords that is probably even larger than we're assuming it is today. Um, but um, now at this point, we've gotten to a size where other people in our space, in the prop tech space, and uh, even in the fintech space are starting to say, we've raised capital in order to try to get in front of these landlords and tenants. And they're incredibly hard to find and get in front of. Uh, you have well, a What do you mean audience. though? You just said all your growth is coming from paid ads. Why can't someone else just outbid you? What, what do you mean they're hard to get in front of? Um, it, it's very hard, uh, not just in terms of getting in front of, but also a product that actually serves them properly. Um, I give a lot of credit to the landlords in our industry, but uh, they they don't settle for a product that doesn't work incredibly well. So it's it's not very easy to just throw a bunch of money into marketing and say, we'll have a, a decent product and that'll be good enough. It really does have to be um, solid end to end. And um, I mean, we're constantly improving, uh, but it, it takes a, a, you know, a, lot, a lot to get it there. Fair enough. Let's wrap up, Ryan. Famous five quick answers here. Number one, favorite book? Uh, zero to one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Mark Cuban. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building rent ready? Uh, intercom, the live yeah. chat. Number four, how many hours of sleep to get every night? Uh, six. And situation, married, single kids? Uh, not married, but not single, dating. Not uh, married. I have a girlfriend for about four years. No kids. And how old are you? Uh, 27. 27. Last question, something you wish you knew when you were 20? Um... You're going to get a lot of stuff wrong and that's okay. And just start sooner. (laughs) Start as soon as you can. 
Guys, he started in 2016 solving his own problem with rentready.com. They broke 100 landlords on the platform a couple of years ago. Now over 5,000. They pay over $9 per month uh, to manage the properties. That's not their only revenue stream, though. They've gotten really creative with renter's insurance, maintenance coordination, payment processing, where they take a cut of, uh, call it tenant payment payments. They've raised, uh, call it about $5 million to date, seed most recently, tar- team of 20, targeting a $15 million Series A in Q122. We'll see what happens. Ryan, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks for having me, Nathan.